went online to switch your car insurance to Progressive so you could save money. But then you saw a friend request from an old summer camp buddy. And now here you are, clicking through photos of his kickball team from 2011. Hmm, looks like they won the championship that year. Then he moved to Tulsa. Oh, a new tattoo. Yes, they said it was easy to save hundreds on car insurance with Progressive, but they forgot about the rest of the Internet. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average savings by new customer surveyed who saved in 2019. Spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99. Plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. Welcome to DC On Screen, a podcast about the DC Universe properties being produced for film and television. I'm your host, David C. Robertson, and this is my co-host, Jason. Hello. We are into the summertime. There's nothing new coming out. There's no new content. So we thought, what better time to jump back and talk about the quintessential DC property that's been brought to screen, Batman the Animated Series, and its subsequent series, Superman the Animated Series, Batman Beyond, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, the entire Dini-verse. So we're probably going to be doing this as a two-part episode. So no fears, we'll try to we'll try to keep it in around about an hour. But first, we've got some news to get to. All right, I think we'll start off with television news. Now this this is pretty interesting. Apparently they're developing a Hawk Girl series over at the CW. Yeah. Yeah, and I I, I don't I don't know. I don't know what to think on on a lot of levels. On the one hand, I was, I'm happy to exist in a world where Hulk Girl seems feasible. Mm-hmm. It's got to be a good start. But I, I haven't even seen all we've seen of her character so far is her looking up at a sky, and that was kind of an accident. Like they they really did. They they had no intention of doing that. I think they were even told they they couldn't or shouldn't do stuff like that, and they they basically brought her on set for five seconds. Yeah. I I don't know. I I don't know. Do we Hulk? Uh, do we Hulk Man? Ciara Renee, though, the, the actress playing Hawkgirl, has tweeted and says that the rumors are false, that there will be no Hawkgirl solo show. That would make more sense. That would make rumors a had to come from sense. somewhere. <laughs> Those rumors know. had to come from somewhere. And they still persist. That's the weird thing. Yeah. I, I don't know how they would actually get away with it either. Like they they've already got a lot of money in that in that little pot and what what night is Legends of Tomorrow set to air? <clears throat> Yeah, we're gonna get into that in just a second. Okay. We don't know. Oh. Well, we can we can go ahead and say it, I guess. Um, we they've been saying that it was going to be January of 2015, mid season. Mm-hmm. Turns out they've they've they have bumped it to spring 2016. That is that is an insult. I don't think it is. No, it's it's an insult to my patience. I'm sure it's a good idea. Oh. <laughs> like it. Uh... They could probably no, use a few more months to get it together. It'll probably be better for it, but man, come on. And it's we'll like be better for it. Four more months, I've got to wait. We'll be better for it because we're going to be covering Gotham, Supergirl, Arrow, Flash. I don't need Legends of Tomorrow right now. But don't you? Don't you need it right now? It looks now? like we can... I really don't. That'd be good. Though I did... <laughs> How awesome would it be if they cast Jimmy Smith as uh, Vandal Savage? Oh, God. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. He could do it. He could do it. 
I'm not saying that that is at all what they are doing. I'm just saying it would be cool. <laughs> Speaking of Legends the, of Tomorrow. Uh, mustache guy is Turpin. I can't remember his name. Speaking of DC's Legends of Tomorrow, they have named their showrunner, and it is Phil Klemmer of the CW's um, The Tomorrow People. Hmm. Yeah. That actually makes a lot of sense. I don't know what that means. I I heard, you know, Tomorrow People wasn't very good. Lies. So I don't... It was... Lies? That was a lie? No, that's actually not a lie. I want that to be a lie, but I'm wrong. Okay. I want... uh, it. it, Okay, it wasn't very good. It was okay good. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, right. And did some damned interesting things every now and then. But um Yeah, I kinda wasn't surprised when that when that show got pulled. Yeah. Hopping over to Gotham. Are are you are you aware that they uh have cast uh, Tigress for the second season? I was not. I was not. Who do we have? Jessica Lucas is going to be playing Tigress. This version of Tigress is Tabitha Galavan and um she'll have a brother. And they're they're gonna bring some chaos. Let's see, what was his name? What was that young man's name? Not one clue. <laughs> really, really not. Hair. I'm having to look up Jessica Lucas right now. Um, she she looks the part. Ah, her brother's name will be Theo Galavan and uh, James Frain from Twenty Four Invasion, Fringe, True Blood, The Cape, White Queen, Grim, The Tunnel, Orphan Black, Agent Carter, and True Detective. Dear Lord. Will play the billionaire whose altruism hides a century-old vendetta. Hmm. All right. I don't even recognize I, him. I don't have a clue. Let me see. Who do we got? What's his name again? James Frain. F-R-A-I-N. Oh, him. Yeah, he's all over the place. And he's really yeah, quite good most like, of the time. Well, hey. Um, good on yeah, you, Gotham. No, he's going to be fine. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure he'll be fine. <laughs> Might, All right, might class it up a little bit too. He's he's. I've seen him do some uh, some stuff that's actually really deeply deeply moving. But um, I've also seen him be on Grimm. So hey, <laughs> you never know. Yeah. All right, moving on to movie news. There are a couple of big rumors. There's a rumor that Chris Pine, the whole Chris Pine play, is going to play Steve Trevor in Wonder Woman. Thing was a was a cover up that he's secretly going to be Hal Jordan in the new Green Lantern movie. <laughs> there's also no, I want Diggle. There's also a rumor that Tyrese Gibson is going to be cast as John Stewart for Green Lantern. Hmm. Essentially the the rumor seems to indicate that there's going to be there are going to be multiple Green Lanterns in one movie. Chris Pine will be Hal Jordan and Tyrese Gibson will be John Stewart. I really don't want hmm. any of that to be true. Why? What would be wrong with a Pine Pine Jordan combo? Um well, because I, w- I want Diggle. <laughs> <laughs> Short of our insignificant and impossible dreams, what would be wrong with him? Man looks like a Hal Jordan. Well, nothing. I, I, I could get with nothing. that. Nothing. Brown his hair up a little bit. Now, the the more exciting rumor for me is a rumor that Chris Terrio, the guy that's writing Batman v Superman right now, mm-hmm. and Ben Affleck are going to collaborate on the Batman for the t- for 2018 release, Chris Terrio writing, Ben Affleck directing, that that might actually be good if they do that. I God. somewhere Kevin Smith is just wetting himself right now. Probably. And if Affleck's not, he should be. Nah, man, he's too busy, you know, trying not to get divorced. From what I hear. Yeah. We're trying to get divorced. Whatever it is. He doesn't have time for a family oh, now. He's Batman. <laughs> by the way, going jumping back to TV real real quick. Um. 
apparently uh, Gotham is coming back. I believe it was September 26th. All right. And um, whatever happened to late August, f- early September premieres, people. Yeah, like The Flash is you're coming gonna, back October 6th. Arrow's coming back October 7th. You're going to the TV's going to drown me in two months of Mike and Molly before I get to the good stuff. I mean, you don't have to watch Mike and Molly. I know it's on every damn station, but you don't Probably have to do. watch Mike and you don't have to watch Mike and Molly, Jason. Well, in the same sense that you don't have to watch an OxyClean commercial at three in the morning, but it's all that's on, so it's happening. <laughs> all right. I, I know more we're about fruit get... slicers than I ever would have liked to have known, and that's just because of insomnia. All right, we're going to get into Batman the Animated Series and its subsequent series, the Deaniverse, as uh, I like to call it. Timverse has also now, come up. I'm fine with that. Timverse has come up. It has. Um, the original DCAU, as it were. Mm-hmm. There have been few things in this world that have truly propelled me into a state of, of Batman fanaticism. And when I was a young lad, the, those two things were the 89 Batman movie with Keaton and Nicholson, but primarily the subsequent 1992 Batman the Animated Series. Mm-hmm. This is a show... If you were in school, that's what got you through the last half of a day of school was, if I I can just make it through this, at 4 o'clock, 4 o'clock, they're going to air Batman. They are going to air Batman. Now, Paul Dini, Bruce Timm, they they redefined Batman in a lot of ways. They they created backstories for villains that we didn't have. If you're looking at the Nora Freeze uh, story with uh, with, uh, Mr. Freeze and, and his wife... Uh, mm-hmm. succumbing to to an illness and that's all Bruce Tim and and Paul Dini. That's all Paul Dini, I should say. He wrote Heart of yeah. Ice. That I, I don't even remember what his like, Silver Age backstory was. It was just a it was just a guy with a weird hat. Yeah, Mr. He Freeze out of was Mr. Freeze was originally called Mr. Zero. And he was he was a he was just a bad dude. He was a bad guy. Who cackled maniacally and like he had he had an ice fetish. That, that was pretty much his entire shtick. He didn't have a backstory. Not only did he create complex psychological backgrounds for some of these characters, for many of these characters, this show also wound up bringing in new characters like Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. And I believe I believe Renee Montoya was was a byproduct of of uh, Batman the Animated Series, if I'm not mistaken. Now, what were you, what, what are some of your fondest remembrances of Batman the Animated Series. Like, if you had a pitch to... Because if you haven't seen Batman the Animated Series and you're at all a Batman fan, chances are I, something has happened in the world that wasn't supposed to. Like, every every iteration of Batman after Batman the Animated Series has drawn from Batman the Animated Series. From the comic books yeah. to the cartoons to the movies. They've at all... At the very least, they have Harley Quinn. At the very least, they have Harley Quinn. Uh, Kevin Conroy is the quintessential Batman. Mark Hamill is the Joker. No questions. Yeah. Every every person who's done the Joker's voice since Hamill touched it has tried to to do a version of that voice. I, I don't think Ledger's even an exception. I, I, he didn't do the, the high-pitched maniac sound, but he sure as hell did the same kind of staccato to crazy. Um, he's, the, he's probably the furthest anyone's gotten other than... Uh, other than one Gotham movie, but that's a different that's a different thing. Um, yeah, no. It it since he's touched it, it's it's been flavored that way, and it it will continue to be. The guy doing it now, uh, what'd you say his name was? Tom Baker. He's yeah. just basically doing the world's best Joker impression right now. Mm-hmm. And I wish him I wish him the best with that. 
But it really, it, when you looked back at the series, um, like as a kid, I just remember, I, I remember that theme. I remember that that opening, the opening credits on this thing, that that Danny Elfman theme, which had been around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it Shirley Walker putting her own spin on it. Yeah, yeah, and Shirley Shirley Walker killed it as she as she went. It was just, it was amazing. Um, she'd found new ways of she she'd make sure that the main. Uh, the the main parts of the theme made their way throughout the show. She found this uh, wonderful way of doing each each character, so they had their own little uh, their own little musical cues. It was it was wonderful. But the thing I remember most about the show when I was a kid was it it was it was dark and gritty and really there was nothing campy about it because right before that came out, um, you know, me as a kid, it came out in '92. Before that, I'd had a few years of Batman, but you really just had the one movie. Um, mm-hmm. The one really good movie, at least, and there was some other stuff happening. But you had basically, you basically had Michael Keaton and Adam West, and right. I still love Adam West. That there's there's nothing you can take away from that series. At the very least, it's impossible to make fun of the Batman '66 stuff because they were already doing such a good job of making fun of themselves. You just get lost right. in the sea of voices. You, it, it's it's impenetrable. You they did what they did, and they 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 meant it to be funny, and damn. Wes killed it. And when I was a kid, though, I when I mean, you know, three years old, I'm watching this and I just thought, Batman, that's all I knew. It had nothing to do mm. with how it was making fun of itself. I didn't know what a fourth wall was yet. I was just happy to see Batman. And then I saw this Batman. And suddenly I knew that the other thing was a joke. Right. And it, every day you, you, you got home to watch this adventure. And it wasn't, it, there was nothing... I mean, you were a kid, and you were struck with the same sort of... Uh, you were just struck with the same sense of wonder you'd have when you'd see a bat. But... This one, this one was a whole story. This one had adult themes to it. This one had, and it snuck it all into this little Saturday morning kids show. It, mm-hmm. it, it, it grew, uh, it grew the character. And if you were watching and really keeping up with it, you know, if you were nine years oldish or eight years oldish and just mm-hmm. watching the show for the first time, it probably grew you a little bit if you really paid attention to what somebody was up to. Yeah, I mean, looking not at, even <sighs> to to give it some perspective. Saturday morning. Saturday morning cartoon show. Within the first 12 episodes, we have an episode, um, It's Never Too Late. And Mm -hmm. this is an episode that focuses, not even on Batman, but two of of the mob bosses that are running Gotham City, uh, Rupert Thorne and Arnold uh, Stromwell. We're introduced to Arnold Stromwell's priest brother who's still trying to get him to go on the right side of the law, still trying to, to save his soul. We've got Stromwell who is sure that Rupert Thorne has kidnapped his kid. I mean, this, these are dark themes. And come to find out his kid is... He's in a rehab facility because he's hooked on the drugs that Stromwell himself was pushing. This isn't yeah. a 1970s I mean, after-school version of the, this. Think about the era we're in. Screw the D.A.R.E. program. Just show that episode. Right? Eight and years old, after... that did more for me than, than anything I did at the, at the assemblies at school. This show had foreshadowing as well. Like at that point, they had already introduced Two Faced, a two-part episode, by the way. Mm-hmm. Once again, using Rupert Thorne, a mobster, and the district attorney. They don't. They don't uh, pull those punches. They don't. You know, say, "Oh, well, he's a high government official." They no. They call him the district attorney. They have conversations mm-hmm. that kids are ignoring. And then, mm-hmm. as you're, when you're an adult, you sit down and you say, "Oh." This show actually had substance and talked about stuff. Um, but they had foreshadowing where there's a there's a great scene in uh, the mayor's office where you have uh, Mayor Hill and uh, I, I think it was POV. 
um, but I could be wrong about that. But as Mayor Hill, as Commissioner Gordon and Harvey Dent all sitting in the in the mayor's office, uh, discussing what they're going to do about. I think they're going to they have like a uh, they want to do a SWAT team or something. And right. there's just there's Harvey sitting in a chair and his face is ensconced in darkness and all you can see is the hand flipping the coin. Right, right. And they never go back to it in that episode. It's just, hey guys, <laughs> yeah, we are doing Two Face. We are going to do Two Face. By the way, <laughs> and don't get me wrong, they were it, it was still a cartoon. Like you get through you get through POV and you get the Two Face a couple episodes later and. Um, you know, you've got It's Never Too Late, which is just an insanely adult-themed uh, twist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to hit you with I've Got Batman in My Basement. It was still a kid's show. Or at least it was still a show that you could yeah. watch as a kid, and you wouldn't get you wouldn't get too taken up. Like, I've Got Batman in My Basement is probably... You grab 100 BTAS fans and throw them in a room, 50 of them are going to say that's the worst episode. Probably. But, you know... And you know the sad again, part? It's still not that bad. No, no, no. I was going to say the underdwellers. The low bar is really high. I was going to say the underdwellers. <laughs> the homeless children in the in the with the sewer king. Yeah, I yeah, told a, you Batman, they're my pretties. That's a <laughs> mm, I know. But look, though, I will say it is alone. it is charming as hell in that episode. Even that episode is not bad because you have these little homeless children who live in the sewers but they're running around town and everyone is saying that they're leprechauns. And Batman winds up taking one home, and Alfred has to take care of him. And you just have an Alfred, a befuddled Alfred, running around going, Here now, M- Master Leprechaun. <laughs> sure was a funny sentence, no matter what age I was at. But uh, it, yeah. if you make it through the first season alone, you're, you're going to have access to... And this is one you forget. You forget how good it is until you go back. But the Clock King episode. Man, yeah, that Clock guy's King ominous. is a fun episode. <laughs> it is hard to make the clock king seem scary but that was the point of the show was they um and it's something that a couple of shows have done really well a couple of things uh, pieces of the main properties pieces of the nolan verse mm-hmm. pieces of even the show gotham now have, have gotten parts of this right and the amazing part for the animated series was they somehow got almost all of it right because when you read um and they have a writer's bible that that's out and available for people to read mm-hmm. um I don't know. If, I don't know where the hell you find it, but I've got it somehow. You just download um, it. You find it. You look it up on Google. It's out there, and it's worth it's worth the read. Just because look at the 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 way they were shut, uh, setting up the show, they used a bunch of language that everybody has used. We want the show to be dark. We want the the villains to take themselves seriously. The Joker's not just a a one liner machine. He's he's supposed to be a true menace. You know, all of these. Mm. Everyone wishes they could have hit those beats. These guys did. These were these were the guys that set the precedent. I mean, they were coming off of uh, Tim Burton's movie and wanted it to be somewhat like that, but they were very also very strict that they didn't want Nicholson for Joker. They didn't want like someone who sounded like Nicholson. They didn't want to follow. Uh, these were old school comic book fans. They didn't want right. the Tim Burton Batman. They wanted to create a proper Batman. They wanted the Denny O'Neill detective Batman. And definitely a like post Dark Knight Returns. Let's get down to the the grit era. Uh, it's you know since the mid eighties there, it's really been it's really been what that's about. Everything had to be as and dark the, as it could be, and I, I was okay with that. And, and you know, uh, uh, hilariously enough, I'm I'm just kind of scrolling around here on Google Images, looking at Batman the animated series, and as I 
I think I'm thinking the show broke the mold because I'm remembering that they they would they would for certain villains they would put they would make two parters. They didn't do the they didn't always do the thirty minute like well here's a bad guy and Batman figures out what he's up to and Batman stops and him formula. This is how Batman wraps this up in less than twenty two minutes. Go. Yeah, for certain characters like Clayface, I'm thinking they broke the mold. <laughs> Clayface has it. a two-part episode. Pun away, a two-part, sir. A two-part origin episode. For you Clayface. For Clayface. And they make him this tragic character. This Yeah, you, you actually care by the time they're done. This Matt Hagen, who was an actor, and he was disfigured in a car accident, and he's he's relying on a chemical to, to be able to... to morph his face into whatever he he wants to but it's a, it's highly addictive and mm-hmm. by the way the voice cast on this thing they've got ed asner playing the the guy that created this stuff roland daggett mm-hmm. and he he comes back numerous times and he is mm-hmm. he, he plays it perfectly um but this is an addiction for this guy and when he finally breaks into daggett industries daggett has his men do away with them, and the way they choose to do away with them is they they say, "Oh, you, you want you you want more renew you, all right?" And they hold him down and they pour it down his throat, mm-hmm. like a gallon of this <laughs> shit down this dude's throat, and we see it in silhouette. Oh, it's way more and than that a gallon. Makes it, He's, they drown. Yeah, him. it's way they more than him. a gallon. It is. They kill him they, brutally they in do. a back alley with a torture method suffocating him like this is not a kid's show i don't care if you think it is it's not and let me uh, you know i maybe i didn't think of it in these words until this moment but that i suppose is the purpose of this particular this particular episode we're doing is if you haven't already gone back and watched these episodes our purpose is to prove that as an adult you should do so i hope you watched them as a kid and i hope you had that kind of unmitigated joy but go back yeah if you as we see him as a kid this shit it is real shit if you have if you haven't watched it as an adult and you kind of have a, a a vague remembrance, go back. You will find things that you did not remember. Right, I remember. Unless you it, remembered it being utterly I was scary, in which case you were pretty much on point. And they do a great like they don't actually just show it. They 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 cut away to a silhouette of this of them pouring this shit down this dude's throat, and you can hear the choking and and, and drowning noises. Mm-hmm. And they leave him in a car to die, but he don't die. Mm-mm. He don't die, y'all. <laughs> this is an origin story. <laughs> and there's there, there, and they're doing origin stories up until God. What what is it? Season two, even? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like middle of season two, like episode forty. They they really give you the Riddler. They it it just keeps going. It just keeps going. People, there's Zatanna at the Still, end of that season. Within that first season, man, they do appointment in Crime Alley, and mm-hmm. I, I'm I, I think that was based on an old comic book as well. But this is a lot Roland of this material, by the way, again. is um, and this is something it that is the Dinniverse did extremely well. They took a lot of stories that we cared about and found a way to put them on a Saturday morning cartoon, and respectfully so. Mm-hmm. There, there are a lot of the of major Batman stories that are covered in the in the course of this series, and there, oh, there's so much respect for it too. There There's is no point this is where a, you're ever watching this series and you think, man, these people clearly didn't give a damn. I, I can guarantee yeah. you that will never happen. But Appointment in Crime Alley, man, this is an episode where Roland Daggett, once again, Ed Asner, uh, decides that he wants to he wants to expand and um, he's been threatening to, to kick all... He's trying to get these homeless people out of their, their broken down 
shitty apartment complexes in Crime Alley where where the Waynes were killed so many years ago. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, this is basically a, this is a ghetto at this point. And but he's going to kill everyone. Like he's he's hired arsonists. They're going to go in and they're just going to flat out kill anyone who's not willing to leave their homes. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is we're this is not you know the Joker creates a giant typewriter and he and Batman jump across the the freaking keys. <laughs> this <laughs> there will be time for that. It's called Batman Brave and the Bold, and it's also worth a damn. It is worth a damn, but for completely different reasons. For completely oh, different reasons. One of my favorite, favorite episodes of this series, of the entire uh, anything. Just Batman. I want to guess number 22. 22. 22. Joker's favorite. Um, ah. That is easily one of your favorite episodes. Yeah. That is easily one of my favorite episodes. Oh, Charlie. Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. <laughs> But no, I was going to say perchance to dream. Yeah, that one's good too. Bruce Wayne wakes up to find that the Batcave is gone, that he is not Batman. Mm-hmm. There's some other cat running around calling himself Batman. He's engaged to Selena Kyle and his parents are alive. Man. Yeah, and he's just so happy. He's, he's happy. So happy. He actually is so happy. He he kind of goes nuts a little bit. He He doesn't understand why he's not Batman. He's sure this isn't real. They convince him it's a dream, that it was all a dream, him being Batman, his parents being murdered, and then he goes to the library after he's ex- accepted, happily accepted that his life wasn't so bad after all. <laughs> and he opens a book and he can't read anything because the the parts of your brain, as they put it, that you that you use to read with are opposite the part of your brain that you use to dream with. So mm-hmm. he can't read anything, and he realizes that everything that he's experienced in this episode is a dream. And the steps he takes to, to, to get out of that dream, I mean, this is a simulated dream by the Mad Hatter. Right. But it's, Which is it's a, a heartbreaking episode. a pretty episode. good indicator of, of what this series can do, by the way, because we're talking about the Mad Hatter. This is not the most, this is not the scariest villain he's going to face. And yet, he still manages to give an honestly bad day to the bat. Oh, yeah. Uh, played... To Perfection by Roddy McDowell, by the way. Yes. Younger people won't know who that is, but my God, go look up Roddy McDowell for your own sake. <laughs> you want some good voice work? Just go find that man. Um, Now, even... All right, let's see. You, you, season one, you, you, just some of the emotional cues you're going to have is hit. You're already going to have... You're already going to go through Heart of Ice, first of all. Mid-season, you've got Heart, Heart of Ice. Heart of We've already seen a couple of things. We've already seen... You know, Two Face come and go. We've already seen that it's never too late. Um, you've made it through. Mm-hmm. I've got Batman mm-hmm. in my basement, and there you are at Heart of Ice. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it. As a kid, you you can't help watching the show because it's compelling. As an adult, though, you you still you can't believe that an origin story on a cartoon for a terrible character could possibly be so good that you're thinking about crying at the end of that episode. But so help me, you are mm-hmm. thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you stop it thinking about? Yeah, you get to the end of that season, even, and you've already got you've already got the Hatter messing with him. He's already been uh, established. Um, Dreams in Darkness. I am always a fan of a Scarecrow episode. That's just it's mm-hmm. just how I roll. But Dreams in Darkness, y- you're you're going to start off with an episode where Batman's in in cowl and cape in a in an asylum in a straitjacket, explaining that there isn't more time. He can't explain. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. Scarecrow is supposed to be menacing. That's his whole game. But um, 
but they manage. They manage to make this tiny, unobstructive little Jonathan Crane this giant, scary thing. And you, you think you've seen the worst that he can do a couple times until you get to Over the Edge. Yeah, Over the Edge is... For those who don't know, Over the Edge is uh, the... Th- that's going to be like volume four if you're looking at the DVD set. That's after the they've rebooted it for the WB, which isn't really a... Re- right. It's not a reboot. It's just they've retooled it. It's set kind two years after name. Batman the Animated Series. Right. Yeah, they they said it two years later. Robin is Nightwing. There's a new Robin. Um, Tim Drake, by the way. They have changed the art. Yeah, they have changed. But Lots the Jason of Todd's mad backstory. That it's not Jason Todd, but hey, can't have everything, guys. He, Sorry. Well, he is Jason Todd. He's not our Tim Drake. He's not the comic book Tim Drake. But it's a little bit of both. He's got the the spunk of uh, Drake and the detective skills, but he kind of came out of. But Jason's over the edge, story, essentially. Over the edge is a fantastic story. Fantastic. Um, I mean, we're we're gonna talk. It, Over the Edge is a, an episode that starts out with Gordon chasing down Batman, shooting at him, and saying it's over. They are mm-hmm. they are running through the sewers of the Batcave, which has now been breached by the Gotham Police Department. Right. Um, He's screaming, "It's over, I, Wayne!" What else do I need to tell you? Why <laughs> Why would you not already be watching this episode at that point? Right. And but. Well, we we can get to the season four. A couple things happened in season four that were sometimes for better, sometimes for worse. I didn't like the redesign of the Joker. I think he looks like a, I think he looks like a, a an an anthropic roach somehow. <laughs> Just never cared for the beady eyed look. Mostly because yeah. I loved that old look so much. It had so much character. It just I I imagine it was probably expensive to get him to to keep him as. As animated right. as he uh, as he deserves to be, well, but they they were looking to streamline the entire process, and by the time by the time they got to uh, the new Batman Adventures or Batman the Animated Series Volume Four, as it's as it's known now, I guess, but mm-hmm. they were already they were they were they had already done a couple of seasons of Superman the Animated Series for WB uh, for kids WB, and uh, they only had the one season of. They only had the one season of that new rebooted Batman before they started making Batman Beyond. They they ended it. Right. They ended that that version of Batman, the new Batman Adventures. Um, but it was it wound up being a fine setup and a fine uh, wind up to Batman the Animated Series because, like I said, these characters have arcs. Even within the original eighty-five episodes, hell, even within the first sixty-five of that first season. Um, mm-hmm. We have arcs, like we find out, like what's we meet. We meet District Attorney Harvey Dent, who is you know unimpeachable in in his moral character. And a few episodes later, we meet District Attorney Harvey Dent, who has a dark side. And before that two part episode is over, that man is Two Face, and he has lost right. every damn thing that has ever meant anything to him. Right. So and by the new do... Batman Adventures. They keep we the, get a they good keep tie the best up. part of Two Face too. The fact that him and Batman, when it was just Harvey and Batman, were really good friends. One of like two people in Gotham that Batman implicitly trusted. Three, if right. you include Alfred. Right. I mean, it, this it, was like new Batman Adventures. I don't even remember what it was. Like they did. They they had crossovers with shows like Static Shock. Static Shock is, by the way, in this universe. Um, Probably my least favorite of of any of these shows is Static Shock, but it earns its stripes and it it has crossovers with not only Batman the animated series but Superman the animated series, Justice League and Batman Beyond, and Static shows up in Justice League. Um, 
so is is and, and you know it was created and by the by Dwayne McDuffie, um, obviously, who, who's no longer with us. We, we won't be getting any more of, uh, of his particular uh, style of storytelling. Spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99, plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. It's definitely worth a watch. Um, but as for, as for Batman, though, I mean, <laughs> that I kind of almost count... Um, the Superman episode Nighttime is an episode of Batman the Animated Series. Because no, you should. this is the you episode where... I mean, it was technically a Superman episode. This is an episode where um, where uh, Roxy Rocket winds up popping over. I know it's a terrible name, but she's kind of a badass. Uh, winds <laughs> up over in Metropolis. Okay. Winds up over in Metropolis. And we've already had a great... Like, the second or third... I can't... I, can't, I think it was the second season of Superman starts off with World's Finest, which is, in case you didn't know, Batman and Superman teaming up. It's a three-part episode where, where Joker uh, and Lex Luthor get together and try to take down the Man of Steel. And uh, kinda, Batman shows up switch roles and takes... Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's, it's a really fun episode. We've got Bruce dating Lois Lane. We've got you know uh, ba- Batman and, and Superman measuring dicks. It's a whole lot of fun. Which is always fun. Harley... Harley Quinn and and uh, and Lex Luthor's uh, bodyguard Mercy fighting it out, duking mm-hmm. it out. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but nighttime is you know Batman has gone missing, so the the Gotham has gone completely batshit crazy. No pun intended. So Superman decides to come to town and and dresses up as Batman, and it's just a whole hell of a lot of fun. Like you've got it is. Superman putting his fists on his waist putting his fist on his waist and smiling and robin kind of nudging him going like don't do that shit what's wrong with you Shh, don't, don't smile don't smile to be, don't to be smile sure, don't robin smile. didn't say don't do that shit he did not, not say Jason that Todd. um but within the the 24 episodes of of that uh, uh of those those last 24 episodes of batman the animated series the new batman adventures we get Mad Love. We get Harley's uh, origin story, oh, Mad which is love. done. For God's sake, you got Mad Love. That's enough reason to watch that far anyway, isn't it? The, yeah. The comic book itself that Paul Dini did was, was, was pure genius. And mm-hmm. they did it. They did it. Mo- they mostly did it justice in, in the, uh, in the episode. Um, of course, one of the big hangups is that it's done in the new style. Um, the streamlined style where Joker looks like, what, what was it? What was it? You called him? Uh, an anthropic beetle or an anthropic cockroach. I, I, I go between. Yeah, I think you said sort of human-sized but... purple bug. <laughs> He's not purple. <laughs> His face is still white. He's um, always purple. <laughs> um, I, I assume that purple is like the exoskeleton of whatever bug it is. He is. Yeah, yeah. Now, as much as I hated and, the Joker redesign, I get it for money. I, I I get it for money. The voice acting's still there. It's annoying every now and then. No, yeah. I'm still happy. It, but as much as I didn't like that redesign on the character, God, the scarecrow mm-hmm. looks good, and that on that redesign, 
Yeah, the Scarecrow is is messed up, and uh, he's actually voiced by Jeffrey Combs in this version. Yes, Jeffrey Combs, the man who is everything. The man who is everything. He's like 25 characters in Star Trek. He's a reanimator. Look up Jeffrey Combs. Do yourself a favor and have some fun. Yeah, scroll down his IMDb. Um, It'll take you about 30 minutes. we, we, We could spend pretty much an entire day just rehashing... The, the animated series and, and some of the episodes. We could. Um, and I, I could spend at least several days because if I just started to try to rehash it, I would just end up rewatching them, which is actually what's happened. Like, I've started rewatching them now just because. Mm-hmm. Well, let's face it, that's mm-hmm. the whole point. It's summer. There's not a lot going on, guys. Yeah. You, you just so, catch up on, on what you have that you know is good. And since I'm not going to go back and watch the Nolan films unless someone forces me, this is what I've got. Mm-hmm. God, the man who killed Batman. The speech alone in The Man Who the- Killed Batman. The eulogy. The eulogy. Oh, it, it, man. You, you have to imagine, if you haven't seen the episode, you have to imagine a, a world where this, this pissant nobody accidentally, essentially accidentally shoves Batman off a roof. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, just, he's just the wrong place at the wrong time. And this is something you hear Batman say in the course of the series, actually. Uh, I forget exactly where in the, this particular verse it is, but he actually says, you know, one day somebody's going to get lucky. Stray bullet... Something. But somebody, someday someone's going to get lucky and finally get me. And he's right. Yeah. It'll have to be luck. It'll be a stray bullet bouncing off God knows what. It won't even be a bounce that like Deadshot was planning. It'll be some weird, weird bullet, which is fine. But this one plays right into that. It's, it's, it's just some, it's a nobody who happens to be that guy. And now he becomes the man who killed Batman. Well, in the underworld, that's a cause for, for, a, lot of, uh, for a lot of applause. A lot of free drinks are coming your way. Except the Joker. Uh, yeah. You've taken away his life goal. You don't want to take away. You you don't want to, anything you can do to stay off the Joker's radar is the best thing you've ever done in your life. So taking away his main purpose in life probably not going to end well. And sure enough, here we are. And he gives this enticing eulogy about <laughs> about he does. Batman, his friend who's passed, and this I forget what he calls him, sniveling weasel or something that was responsible for it. And, sniveling and little gunsel, in, I believe it was. Sniveling what? Sniveling. (laughs) The sniveling little gunsel who sits there in our midst. (laughs) That beautiful man. Um, And and talks, just waxes poetic about, oh, the times he put a whoopee cushion in the Batmobile and things that he will never be able to do. and uh, Fantastic stuff. And in true Joker style, goes through this uh, intense roller coaster of a speech. His, uh, his cronies have even taken their hats off and have it over their chests. And, uh, right, right. Harley's of course, he weeping ends the entire speech with Harley's, yeah, Harley's <laughs> crying a little bit. Even the dogs, even his two little hyenas look sad. They do. And then, <laughs> <laughs> of course, in true Joker style, he ends the entire speech as he's pulling the, the lever to send this poor pissant into a vat of acid. Um, well, who wants Chinese? Who's for Chinese? I think it is. Yeah. Just watch that one speech. Just watch that one speech if you haven't, and see if the see if the show doesn't give you something to to look forward to. Now, and by the way, there's 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 a lot of there's a lot of funny in the show. There really, and a lot of it has to do with the Joker. It really does. They make the Joker both funny and scary as shit. Or um, the Penguin, which or the Penguin. But that's to more, this day, there, there, there's a matter of word choice. That's really what that is. My fine feather. There's an episode. Come on. There's an episode called Almost Got Him. Where all oh, the, we've good. established we've established all of the main villains, and at this point they're all just kind of they're in like a sleazy also like, there's Killer dive. Croc there, by the way, and Killer Croc is there, and they're in a sleazy <laughs> just dive. Refuse to call him a main villain. Sorry, 
Right, right. They're in a the, the sleazy dive, and they're playing poker. And Harley comes in, and not Harley. Uh, oh gosh, Ivy. Uh, Pamela Isley. Uh, yeah, Ivy. Ivy. Uh, Poison Ivy comes in, and previously, like in in a, in a previous episode, we 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 know that she almost killed District Attorney Harvey Dent, who is now Two Face and sitting in said sitting in said bar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, she comes in. She's like, uh, you know, Harvey, uh, you're looking well. Well, half of you, or whatever. <laughs> like they've got this little catty relationship. And uh, he says something like, you know, half of me wants to kill you, and what, the, what does the other half want uh, to crush you or something? It was something like that. But we ha- right, there's right. trading stories about how they almost got Batman. They almost killed him. And it sounds like a cheesy episode. Their- they're reminiscing about the time they almost got it. I mean, it's right. It's a and bottle, bottle it sounds, episode in that sense. It sounds cheesy, but it is sick. Like, sir, like the Joker's especially is is just very disturbing because he's trying to. Really as he's is. listening to them, he's making fun of everything they're saying. Oh, the, like, the best part or, is uh, Killer Croc's uh, retelling, and it, he he's he's not a smart man. So his his big yeah everyone the, by the, the way has really got him is and I threw a rock at him and what happened well he dodged it no 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 it was like everyone's gotten these big like vignettes where you actually see what happened and then we close in on Killer Croc and he's like there I was holed up in this quarry Batman <laughs> had me cornered so I threw a rock at him and they all just stare at him and he goes well, it it was a big rock. There we go. That was it. Yeah. yeah. They all just look at him. Um but the best part of that episode is is just because it does it seems like a cla- like an old episode of Super Friends or something, the premise. But none of it is <laughs> like that except for Penguin's story. Penguin who's mm-hmm. this very like they they the studio made them design him like Danny De- Danny DeVito almost from They did. Batman Returns and they managed because to that's do what something just that no one out. in the history of of media has ever accomplished before. They classed mm-hmm. up Danny DeVito. <laughs> but even with that grotesque design, they made Penguin this this sycophantic little like snob. They they he wants to he be is. part of he high is. society so badly. And, and there's a touching episode about it. And I there is. is I could say that about any character, almost any character. You could pull him out of the out of the hat, and I could say, and there's a really touching episode about him. And with Penguin, he's but, no exception. He he gets out and he tries to go straight for a minute. Tries to actually mm-hmm. go straight, and high society uh, basically just treats him like a, a, a an ugly outsider. They they acknowledge that he has money, but they they will not acknowledge that he's worth worth their glance he's not he's not one of them end of the day he's not he doesn't look like him he doesn't act like Mm -hmm. them and they will not accept him and so help me you feel bad for the penguin by the end of that episode because he honestly did try and he even finds a girl that that he kind of that he 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 actually tries to protect her in an alley for god's sake and then he remembers he's the penguin and kind of does some does some fucking up of some folk but come on before (laughs) that you felt bad yeah you do but man, uh, he's got this great bit where he's like talking about. They actually interrupt his little vignette. He had, he had Lord Batman to to uh, to his lair essentially um, that he has deemed his aviary of doom, and he <laughs> mentions that phrase. He says, "I've lured Batman to my aviary of doom," and yeah. we cut, and we we cut with Joker's voiceover coming in, and he goes, "Aviary of what? Sheesh, fingers! How cheesy can you get?" 
and he's and he's like fine my uh so there we were in my uh av uh big bird house <laughs> even makes the the crack like just because you cretins have no drama in your souls yeah is is pretty brilliant it really is 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 oh man we we could uh, by the way uh batman it, the animated series what? also encompasses batman mask of the phantasm which was theatrically released and yes, so there's a proper just, movie involved and there's a lot of there's, there's a ton this is of actually batman's origin uh oh, the batman mask of the VHS movies well there wasn't really a ton there was mask of the phantasm which was which was theater and then there was yeah. batman and mr freeze sub zero which ties up that's like a, that's a um that's a bridge between Batman the Animated Series and the new Batman Adventures, or Volume 4 as we've been calling it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that wraps up a fair amount of Mr. Freeze's story and wraps up the animated series to a fair, to a fair extent, at least in, in as much as it bridges the gap. It's the last time we see the proper Batman the Animated Series character designs. Um, and then Everything there, else well, is, there's, is heavily reminiscent of it, but over the years it starts to change a little. There's a Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, and that's pretty much is, it. I mean, as far wow. as like in canon, some will say Mystery of the Batwoman is there, but I don't consider it canon for a number of reasons. We won't be going into that 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 movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> it, oh, it just it, it just. Mm. I said earlier the low bar was pretty high, and I I tend to forget about that when I say stuff like that. Yeah, I I do. And, but here's the thing, like, is the the show actually did manage to be funny. I mean, it was it was amusing even as a kid. But again, you're a kid; you're just happy to see Batman doing some Batman stuff. But you go you back won't. and watch it now, and it's actually got a pretty couple of pretty decent laughs in there. What you're going to get a lot mm-hmm. of more is it's got this um, the way the show looks and feels. It's it really is. It's like you took uh, Orson Welles like the day before he was going to conceive Citizen Kane. You, you, you like trapped mm-hmm. him and put him in a room with nothing but but the, the, the Gotham intellectual properties. And this is what would have come out. And I only say Citizen Kane because it, it uses it heavily uses shadow. I swear like and this is this is a, a thing that Bruce Tim did early on in the show was instead of using white white backgrounds and white cells to do the animation, they used black velvet and painted on top of that. You want to talk dark? Yeah. <laughs> They're literally going to start with a black canvas and work their way backwards. Like the the show is is noir. It, it every turn. Like even, you know, we got it's episode 40 there where they introduce the Riddler in uh in any real context. It's him mm-hmm. and the Minotaur maze and everything. And it, there's perfect scenes and they they do this scene a lot where somebody's sitting behind a desk and and uh intimidating someone else and they'll do the thing where there's a diagonal shadow across the entire character. And you only see the bottom half of their body and like the lines off their jaw. And then they'll do the zoom in, and you can tell it's meticulously painted. Uh, mm-hmm. it, they got so good at that design. Um, it was just it. It really, God, it's a gorgeous show. It is. You you can easily forget that this is a cartoon at times because you every now and then you'll see a scene or you'll see a shot and just think, God, that's so that's so pretty. That's what Gotham should look like. Really easy to forget. But it it did something else though that um, was a lot of fun, and you know we talked about like uh, with Nora, you know you can you you can you can let out a tear or two watching Heart of Ice and not feel bad about yourself. Um, it, there are other scenes. It's it, you're going to you can be a full grown adult watch this show, and it will get to you a couple times. My favorite, even beyond Nora, is uh, Harley's Holiday. Oh yeah. Um, it God Harley 
there's a lot of this. They do this a lot. Is uh, there's probably a good five or six different villains that they kind of they let them try to have. Uh, they let them try to go straight, and she's no exception. She gets out on bail. She doesn't get out on the Joker parole system this time. She actually gets out on bail and mm-hmm. tries to make an honest go of it. Um, you know, the Joker obviously is. Eh, he's he he's not too de- deterred. He thinks she's just going to come back naturally. So and she will. So whatever. Um, but she tries to make an honest go of it, and people keep misunderstanding her. Um, she is crazy as hell. So that that makes sense. But, but she's trying. People keep she's assuming trying. the worst of her, and she actually means to like. For instance, she goes into a shop and means to buy a dress. Actually, means to buy the dress. Everyone assumes that she wants to steal the dress and locks themselves down, afraid of her. Even call the cops. Um, mm-hmm. They give her. They she tried. But the touching part of this episode is she tries. She tries to go straight. It kind of drives her crazy because everyone, no one will accept her as being anything other than the crazy menace that she's used to being. So she turns into it. And by the end of the episode, she's running around with those hyenas and blowing blowing shit up as normal. Um, she's just back to being Harley. And of course, Batman, who never, you know, he he was happy to see her try, but he never really believed it. And that's the attitude he takes on most of these people. And pretty much everybody but Harvey Dent. He he assumes that they're just going to screw it up somehow, but he he's glad to see him try, but he just keeps an eye on them because it's only a matter of time before he has to put them back anyway. Well, it's fine. But with her, the touching part is she went in to buy that dress and couldn't get it. Uh, into the episode, Batman, you know, Batman's it up and sends her back. Um, and he's sitting there with her outside of her jail cell right before she goes in. And she's asking him, like, why would you spend so much trouble on, on me? And he just, he pulls out this dress out of this little bag and, and gives it to her and just says, I had a bad day too once. Yeah. It, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's just little bitty moments like that throughout the mm. show where you're going you're gonna to watch it and just think, come on, you can't be serious. I'm crying at a cartoon. The hell's Speaking wrong of which. There's nothing wrong with you. Episode 70, House and Garden. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Again, another this case is one of, of someone tries to go straight, and it just doesn't take. But they don't. They don't try to go straight. That's the whole thing. Um, well, they use the plot, at least. They use the plot. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's, this is a Poison Ivy episode, if you couldn't guess. And uh, this is one of the most viscerally disturbing episodes. Because those I, little pod I, babies I, are creepy as all fuck? Yes. Um, I kind of... Uh, there's one shot in particular of Ivy sitting there oh and like the gosh. little pod babies are just bouncing up and down and apparently they come out of the womb battle ready, by the way. It, well, she no gives them an accelerated training. Well no, there there is a pause for training. Like they, they <laughs> she get she gives them like they look it looks like juice boxes with accelerated formula so they'll become the Okay, so there are these like giant hulking green things that are that are killing people and Batman highly suspects based on their biology that uh poison ivy's uh controlling them but he was like oh well it can't be plant thingies so just go ahead and assume ivy yeah and of course batman does but they're like oh it can't be ivy because she's she's reformed she's she's good now and she's married this dude and they have a couple of kids they're his kids and and they've accepted her as their mom and uh, or as at the very least uh, a very close stepmom and everything seems good. The kids' names are Chris and Kelly. I don't know why I remember that, but yeah, I think it was the androgyny just so of damned it. relatable. Well, that well that was the but, that was the that was the the crux of the of figuring out how how she's doing it because Ro- Robin knows this guy. Dick knows this dude because he was one of his professors, and mm-hmm. Batman can't find a flaw. He can't. He's like skulking around outside of her house and everything, and she's just taking it all in hand. Like, yeah, okay, cool. I mean. 
you're not going to find anything, Batman, but have a good day, sweetie. You know, and she's actually being genuine here. This isn't like yeah. Caddy, I've got something I'm hiding and you don't know it. This is, oh, Batman, no, don't you understand? I've, I've finally found everything I wanted. And he can't find a flaw she's in the story until he, until Robin mentions uh, his professor's two daughters. And he's like, wait, daughters? He's like, yeah, Chris and Kelly. He's like, no, no, Chris and Kelly are boys. He's like, no, Chris and Kelly are girls. All right, we're turning the Batmobile the hell right the hell around. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. And he really and, is like the whole time. It, it's it looks like Isley is going to take a straight turn, and he's just sitting there the whole time, kind of, uh huh. No, no, she's fine now. She's really she's raising a family, and right. So this is going to end poorly. I don't know how yet. And sure enough, sure enough the right. she couldn't repli- she couldn't replicate the female DNA, but she could replicate the the male portion of that. So it was she she has these little boys that grow out of pods in her basement. And Batman figures it out. She's like, I knew you'd figure it out eventually. So I'm give I've prepared a, 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 an accelerated formula. And um, so they have their throwdown, and you know, of course, Ivy goes back to well, actually, I, Ivy disappears, and they can't find her. And Batman was like, for what it's worth, it, it, I couldn't, I thought she was, it seemed like she was being straight with me. And we, yeah. we get this shot of Ivy on a plane looking longingly at this picture of her and her family. And she's openly just quietly weeping because for just a moment, she had everything she actually ever did want, like even to her when own she, surprise. Like she kind of exposits during that episode that, um, it really, it's, it, she can't have children anymore, and that's kind of one of the. It's it's just a side effect of her like increased immune response. Because mm-hmm. uh, Ivy, that's part of the, the whole thing with Ivy, man. She's got just there's some weird biology going on, and you know apparently sterilizations on on board with that. But yeah, she's sitting there looking through a photo album at the end of the episode, just just quietly sobbing to herself over the wedding and, pictures. Oh man, man, what a good show. I know they they <laughs> care about these characters. They really do, and there's nothing there's nothing throwaway about it. it there's there's parts of say Gotham, uh, the the show that have done. I, I feel the need to say the show in the context of talking about this for some reason, but there's parts of that of that show that have, they've done really well, and you can tell there's a lot of love for the characters. And then there are just throwaways. This show didn't have throwaways. And I've seen it be one of the things that someone um, someone had a problem with was, well, you could have, you know, there's a lot more villains. You could have used a lot more. Screw that. No. They picked a handful of major major rogues gallery members, and they developed mm-hmm. them over the series. Even Killer Croc has an emotional moment. I cannot say that with enough surprise in my own voice. Killer Croc. Yeah, and it was one of those where as a kid I didn't even care for the episode that much. But as an adult going back... And, and looking at it, I, I, I do find myself welling up at that little flipper boy and that Killer Croc's relationship. <laughs> he just he just accepts him. That's all. This is and, you know, this even is as a again, kid, I remember thinking that was kind of that was pretty touching because, you know, it was, it's a very Disney kind of uh, brave little toaster kind of feel. Right. <laughs> He's got it. Yeah, it's, I mean, this is again Killer one Croc of these is episodes. Killer Croc anywhere else, but in this little circus family, he's just a dude, and they're all weird, and they they just like him because he's like them, and that it's that it is, simple. He just they never thought about doing anything other than accepting him, and he cannot an he cannot get that through his skull. You have Killer Croc and Batman's escorting him. He's being transferred from one facility to another, 
and he mm-hmm. he does he breaks free and he and batman have this it seems it feels almost like a cross a cross country uh chase but it's just oh, it over some is. very it's a it's mountainous a hike is what it is yeah and like there are, there are mountains involved and and woods and shit and uh waterfalls and stuff but killer croc stumble winds up trying in his efforts to get away from batman stumbles upon uh an old timey freak show uh, this little circus family who they've basically made a family for themselves, uh, and, um, and they they're kinda, not accepted they, in general society. They're retired from the whole freak show thing. They just kind of, they are because they run, damn it, they just want to be real people farm and he's accepted there and he's, he's been hurt and the little flip, there's a little boy with flippers who saves him and mm-hmm. looks up to him. And of course he, he finds out about some things. Uh, they've got some cash hidden away and he goes to find it and, the little flipper boy's like, what were you doing, Croc? Mm. Uh, yeah, nothing, kid. Has, don't worry about it. <laughs> just uh, the, That's what starts to get you. Is, is it, That's what starts to get very Disney about it. It's like the little flipper kid has no idea what he could be doing with that money that's not his. Right. But, it, dude, even the baby doll episode. like It's I'll a stupid the, episode. The, it is. It's a terrible and, character. I hate her. I just, I hate that character. But, damn it all, they made you care. Mm-hmm. It was. It's a. It's a genuinely good episode. And the the baby doll thing is just this uh, this full grown woman who has a genetic disorder that won't allow her to grow past about seven years old's worth of uh, mm-hmm. you know actual humanly form. So needless to say that that drives her a bit insane after a while. Child star turned adult child star. That that probably does a number on somebody. Um, speaking of the two though, I as much as I, uh, it's one of the one of my. One of my qualms with this series is that that baby doll killer croc relationship thing was just so damned weird. It was weird, but they were two freaks of nature. I can kind of see it, but the only thing about it that I that I could really get behind is that Croc looks as annoyed by uh, by her as as I am. She keeps that would giving be him the fair. whole like we're gonna love each other forever and ever and ever, and he, Croc just keeps he does the quintessential male thing where every time that she says the word love, he creeps a little further away from her. He just <laughs> skulks, skulks a little deeper into the sewers every single time she. <sighs> now we would we would be remiss to not mention there are so many great episodes, so many, but we would be remiss to uh, to leave Beware the Gray Ghost out of out of our. Uh, our conversation. I agree. Beware the Grey Ghost um, is an episode that focuses on a man who once played the Grey Ghost, who was Bruce's hero. Like, Bruce used to watch Grey Ghost with his father. And a series of crimes start happening, and, and Bruce recognizes as a fan of the Grey Ghost that this is just like an episode from the Grey Ghost. Almost a precursor to Batman, as it were, and they use him as kind of you know in a lot of in a lot of versions, it's basically some sort of Zorro esque figure that Batman is is a fan of when he's a kid. It's always a mm-hmm. it's always a, a human vigilante though. That's the main thing. The first person he decides to to look into is Simon Trent, the actor who played the Grey Ghost, who mm-hmm. is on the verge of bankruptcy. He he lives in a bedroom sized apartment. Mm-hmm. His life is just is terrible. He can't he can't get a job. Everyone remembers him as as the Grey Ghost, and he's voiced by Adam I, West. Yeah, that's that's what that's what'll get you. And Adam West <sighs> does a fantastic job of portraying that. I, I mean, I'm, I uh, can't imagine why, but. <laughs> <laughs> 
think Batman, it's been a while since Adam West saw a one-bedroom apartment. Yeah. But Batman, after having suspected him, realizes that, no, I, I have to inspire him somehow. And winds up realizing he ha- he owes a, a great deal to this man because this Grey Ghost and partly inspired Batman. And damn it, we actually get, you know, Adam West and Kevin Conroy running around together in costume. Animated, but still. I would have taken and the live he's trying to help. Too. Yeah, me too. But he's he's trying to help Batman out. And, and is oh it not, my gosh. Is it not Toy Man at the end of that episode? Uh, it's a guy with a bunch of toys at his disposal. I can't remember if it was I, properly I, the introduction I, of Toy Man or if... Uh, no, he was. Um, he called himself the Mad, Mad Bomber, Bomber, I think. Yeah, that's yeah, right. that's right. Because it was based on on the character from the the Grey Ghost. Now, what what it reminds <laughs> me of though is, uh, or what I was thinking about with that, you know, I'm just thinking of the toys. And uh, again, I can't. Let's put it this way: this this series, this this universe they created from from Batman the Animated Series all the way through Justice League Unlimited is mm-hmm. so good that you fear Toy Man by the end of it. You do. He's he's a creepy bastard. He's a creepy ass bastard. And when we go through the rest of it, and uh, we'll get into this in a second, I suppose, with Justice League. But we're talking about a man who, at one point, takes out Superman, Toy Man. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I do want to say, <laughs> verily, tis my dark brother, Hades of the underworld. So, <laughs> good dear God. So as Dave points out, not all of the show was great. Dude, Fire from Olympus was not amazing. Even, Ma- not even they Maxi could Zeus. Maxi Zeus. Maxi Zeus was hilarious. <laughs> uh, like, he really is funny. Even it was. He, he's just. He's. It's almost like I meant to go back and look and see if that was in any way. Um, I went to go. I went to go back and look and see if that was uh, John DiMaggio doing Maxi Zeus. I doubt it, but he did. He's very much uh, Aquaman from Brave and the Bold. Like, <laughs> Demetrius' career shouldn't have quite been been going yet. Yeah, I don't I don't think it was there yet. But should have been right before he the, was. Uh, dude, this is a this is a guy that thinks he's he thinks he he fancies himself Zeus like proper like the like, <laughs> and Steve he's he's Suskind. sitting atop his like corporate building and he's got like these Roman pillars and he's constructing a, a device that will shoot lightning, and Batman comes to stop him and. He just thinks, verily, tis my dark brother, Hades, god of the underworld. <laughs> Which is what you should think if you see Batman for the first time is, oh my god, oh my god, it's a god of the underworld, come to get me. And, you know, with with uh, Conroy's delivery, he's just, right. You know, he's just like, I, I don't know what your deal is, buddy, but we're not playing this game. Yeah, right on. <laughs> All right, before we jump into Superman, the animated series, and the subsequent series in the uh, Dennyverse canon, uh, we're we're going to close out this episode of DC On Screen. We'll be back next week with part two of the Dennyverse podcast. We are DC On Screen. You can find us on Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher, and DCOnScreen.com. If, in fact, you want a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, you can go and check out our friends Matt Carroll and Jeff Randall at MCUcast.com. You can also find them on iTunes and Stitcher. I'm David C. Robertson of Maladjusted.tv, and we will see you next week. Sports. 
spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99, plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.